Let's go, girls. From New York City to Los Angeles, Powered Up with Beck and Franklin is giving women of all ages permission to live the life they've always dreamed of. Why live in black and white when you can choose the brilliance of 3D and Technicolor? Each week, Sandra Beck and Linda Franklin and their high-powered guests will be here to cheer you on, to share their challenges, their successes, and what they've learned along the way. It's all about women supporting women. The stories and practical tips on sex, beauty, money, and so much more are designed to help you reconnect to the powerful woman you are. Fabulous knows no limits. Now it's time for you to expand your boundaries. Here are Sandra Beck and Linda Franklin. Hey ladies, this is Sandra Beck and I'm here with a chilly Linda Franklin. Linda, I hear it's really cold in New York. It's rainy and cold here in Los Angeles. I'm now missing our our like awful heat that I complain about in the summer. Oh boy. I mean, we have been spoiled because I mean, Christmas it was 70 degrees and it's been pretty good and we just got socked on uh, Sunday and Monday. The, you know, we have wind chills that are in the single digits, so we're not used to it. Oh, you know, it's, it's, you know, that time of year, but I'm, I'm thankful to be in Southern California because we have a whopping like 18 more degrees than you have right now. I know. And you, you can really feel those 18 degrees. It's, it's not pleasant being out. It, you know, it's the wind. It, it, when the, I came home today, the wind almost blew me into a car. It was that strong. Wow. Wow. You know, it's, 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 you know, when it's rainy and cold like this, like I will have to say one of the things I do love about the rain and the cold, which we don't get much here in Southern California is it gives you time to relax. You know, everything goes slower. It's like when it's snowing back East, you know, how everything slows down and gives everybody a little bit of break. Um, but one of the things I find when we're now out running around in the sunshine and doing all the things that we normally do in warm weather is you have more time to think. And one of the things that I've been thinking about a lot this week, you know, and I think about both our guests today, we've got Joan Gattuso, and she's written a book on forgiveness, and uh, Barry Eaton, who wrote a book about the afterlife. I'm curious about the difference between forgiveness in the afterlife, like, does it exist? You know, did Barry find it in his research? And then what Joan has to say, because she's got a very different and unique perspective. Well, you know, forgiveness is a topic that, that comes up quite often uh, with people. I think that, you know, the first thing we have to do when it comes to forgiveness is forgive ourselves. And if we, are, if we can forgive ourselves, maybe we have a chance at forgiving other people who we think have wronged us. <laughs> but forgiveness is tough. It is tough. And, you know, there's times, and this is what I want to talk to Joan about today, um, is when we have uh, forgiveness, like, do you have to re-forgive? You know, when there's repeat offenses or, and I know that forgiveness is about me, but I'm, I'm really curious to get her take on, you know, when you have a situation that keeps repeating, you know, like there's many of us out there with ex-husbands who, who keep making new offenses on the uh, old offense. And so I find myself getting into this forgiveness, re-forgiveness, rework through the forgiveness again, um, in order to keep my sanity, because even though 
it's the same person I'm forgiving and almost the same situation. It's repeating. It's repetitive. So I'd like to bring on uh, Joan right now and ask her to talk about some of this stuff with us um, because she has written a great book on forgiveness. Joan, welcome to the show. Oh, thank you so much, ladies. It is truly my pleasure to be with you today. And I didn't realize until you came on the air that one of you is in New York. Is that New York City? That is New York City. And the other is in L.A. So how interesting that I'm in Hawaii. So I think we've got the country covered. (laughs) You're in Hawaii. Lucky you. (laughs) Yes. I I left Ohio when the week we left, it was 17 degrees below zero every day. February, two years ago. I know. Like you said, in New York, (laughs) the weather can be so wicked. But we're we're not here to talk about the weather. We're here to talk about forgiveness. We can forgive it for the weather. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you know, I think my husband and I did it enough that we were catapulted to the island of Molokai. We forgave that nasty weather enough that we were able to leave it. Yay. So here we are. Uh, Joan, I I love that. I was was raised in Gensler, Joan. Uh, Joan, I'm from Buffalo, and I moved to Southern California. And I praise, 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 praise the sunshine. But I will say I do miss the snow. Do you miss it even just a little bit? I have to tell you, I haven't for a nanosecond. (laughs) I haven't for a nanosecond. But very briefly, I'll tell you, I have a new hairdresser in Honolulu. If you live on Molokai, you have to go to Honolulu to get your hair done, if you care what it looks like. But my new hairdresser, she's lived in Hawaii about a dozen years, but she's from Buffalo. And she told me when she was a little girl, when she was four, she used to cry to her mother and father, four years old, why do we have to live here? Can't we move? And she was four (laughs) years old. Oh, yeah. Yes. So there you have it. People are wonderful. I'll give them that. Yes. In Buffalo, that's how it was in Cleveland. Cleveland had wonderful people. Wonderful people. You had to be wonderful or you'd like freeze to death. (laughs) So ladies, I heard you say in the beginning about what do you do when you have to keep forgiving the situation over and over and over again, like with an ex-husband. So my question is, do you have children with this person? The situation is different if you have children. If you don't have children, you get yourself out of the situation. You get out of Dodge, period, the end of the relationship. But if you have children, so the answer is yes? Yes. Okay. Well, then that person, he, is your spiritual teacher. And if you can begin to look at him as your spiritual teacher, not simply somebody who's put on this planet to irritate you, but as your spiritual teacher... I was rereading a a section of The Power of Forgiveness last night. I had an interview from London, which was great fun. Not that you aren't fun, too, but that was my first overseas interview. And he brought up the subject that I wrote about a psychiatrist friend of mine who did this in-depth study. It's actually a, a twist on Freudian work from years ago. But basically, it comes down to people that are unhealed are stuck in their childlike mentality. So your former husband can be like two years old in a 47-year-old body, maybe four years old in a 47-year-old body. But if you can look at somebody who annoys the hell out of you and see that there's a wounded child in there, it's a little easier to forgive them because who can't forgive a wounded four-year-old? But it's really hard sometimes to forgive the wounded 47-year-old. And just 
I had a girlfriend that I just loved years ago. She passed away young. But she used to say about my former husband, he knew ex- he knows exactly where your buttons are. And he pushes your buttons, and every single time you let him push your buttons, and every single time you get upset. So if your former husband knows where your buttons are, get rid of those buttons. Just well, I, can, I your- think, you know, you're right. You get rid of the buttons. But when the buttons are getting at you through your kids, like this is where I really struggle, Joan, and I'm so excited to talk to you today, um, is, you know, when his behaviors really hurt our children. And I focus on, yes, he's wounded. Yes, he his parents were raised in an orphanage. Yes, there's all these things. And I try to go to that point of forgiveness. But I'm just smoking mad when he hit that, those four-year-old behaviors you talk about don't work with a nine and a 12-year-old boy. No, they don't. And so this this is a huge issue for you to deal with. Now, because I haven't met you before, I can't tell whether I'm speaking to Linda or Sandra. Oh, it's Sandra. Sandra from Buffalo. Sandra. Okay. Okay. So, uh, Sandra, you still need to forgive him. Pray that your energy with him can shift and that he treats your children more kindly, more lovingly. And perhaps, this is just coming to me now, perhaps have you ever done family counseling together? Well, like nine years of it. Through five different different therapists, people, he fires them, he turns them into the board. We're dealing with a narcissistic personality and, you know, a lot of of big psychological issues. And he knows everything. The therapists know nothing. Okay, so nine years of it, you have a nine-year-old. I'd say, Sandra, you have to forgive yourself for marrying this SOB. That's a hard one. Even my 12-year-old has said that. Good job, Mom. Good job marrying this guy. Really, really? Oh, (sighs) yeah. You have to start. So that's where I'd say for you to start. Forgive yourself for having married him. There must have been something in there that you found attractive. And it might have just been a sexual attraction. Whatever. Oh, I was going to fix it. I was going to fix everything. Oh, sure. Sure. A lot of women come from that place. A lot of us do. Yes, I've, I've been there, done that. You know, they say have the T-shirt, have the gold medal. <laughs> oh, but I give yourself for marrying him, and you get to be the loving parent to your children. And this is really difficult, really, really difficult. Do your utmost to never say anything negative about him. Because when your kids grow up, they will remember that. They sure. will remember that. Sure. No, and I don't have to. That's that's the one thing I'll give him. He can dig his own grave himself. Okay. Okay. But I would work with forgiving myself, and I would do the kind of list I teach about in The Power of Forgiveness. Like, get a legal pad. I did my ex-husband. Get a legal pad, and you put his name at the top, and you say, I forgive you for... And you don't say everything. You list what the everythings would be. Oh. Give you for the nasty things you said to our son about me when you said thus and so. I forgive for breaking a date with our kids. I forgive you for, and each time preface it with I forgive you for and write that down. You don't have to feel it at this point. You're just doing it like a rote exercise. Do that for about 15 minutes. I say only do it three days a week. Do not do it 
days a week, it brings up too much toxic energy. Three days a week is plenty. Do it 15 to 30 minutes. Take that list and go burn it. The burning isn't magic, but it's symbolic of that toxic energy just dissolving into ashes, just to ash. And then sit down John, for 10 minutes. I'm going to take yes. us to commercial break. We're going we're okay. to uh, visit longer with Joan Gattuso. Now, she's got a bunch of different books out. You're going to want to check her out. She's got her forgiveness book out, but she's got a course in love, a course in life, The Lotus Still Blooms. Really great works from Joan. We're going to visit more with her after the break. We've got lots more Powered Up with Sandra Beck and Linda Franklin after these messages. This is Uncommon Sense for Leaders, a forum for exploring leadership from the intellect, the heart, and the spirit. Whether you're a leader now or aspire to be a leader in the future, you owe it to yourself to learn about the big ideas that have shaped the careers of compelling communicators, masters of influence, and highly effective leaders. Uncommon Sense for Leaders. Tune in to hear thought-provoking ideas on every aspect of leadership. You can expect dynamic discussions with special guests, quick tips you can apply immediately for better results, and the tools you need to take you from where you are to where you want to be as a leader. Are you ready to crack the code for achieving unprecedented results? Then join the host for Uncommon Sense for Leaders, Catherine Carlisi, every Wednesday at 3 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, right here on the All Business Radio Network. Welcome to Geraldine Tegelov Live, the show that shares with you the secrets of redefining, reinventing, and rebuilding your life. Having pulled herself from the rubble of financial ruin and having gone on to create a highly successful career, Geraldine has become an expert in the art of transformation. She believes that it doesn't matter where you are right now, how overwhelmed you feel, or how impossible the task of turning your life around may seem. You can do it. Stay tuned as metaphysician, international best-selling author and intuitive, Geraldine Tegelov gives you the inner understanding and the outer practical how-to to create your amazing life. Gain a fresh perspective on how to redefine, reinvent, and rebuild your life. Join Geraldine Tegelov live every Tuesday evening at 6 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, right here on the Toginet Radio Network. Sandra Beck and Linda Franklin. Here's more Powered Up with Beck and Franklin. Hey, ladies, this is Sandra Beck, and for those of you listening today, I want to apologize for some of the scratchiness and the noise. We've got Linda in the snow in New York. We've got Sandra in the rain in California. And, of course, we've got Joan Catuso in the sunny island uh, of Molokai. I'm so jealous 
um, but, you know, I want to thank you, Joan, because of all the 10 years of therapy that we've been through as a family, no one has ever told me to make a list to forgive all these different offenses and to forgive myself for the choices that I made. So I want to thank oh, you for that. And I want gosh, to know thank, that I will Thank you. How, how lovely to be helpful to you so quickly. So I want to complete that. So after you burn that list and your listeners, after they do their list, sit down for at least 10, 15 minutes and just breathe, meditate if you know how to meditate, breathe in the light and just open your heart, open your heart. Now I did a similar list with my former husband which was a very abusive relationship and as I say, Linda and Sandra, you know, I wasn't kidnapped. Nobody locked me in the basement in that relationship. I went in willingly, stupidly, but willingly. And when I left, I knew I had to forgive him and I had to forgive myself. But do you know how long I worked with doing a list like that to forgive him? I did it for five years. Five years. Because I knew I wanted a future different from the past. I knew I wanted to have what I call a holy relationship rather than an insane relationship. I wanted a holy relationship. So I knew I had to forgive him. And I did. And, you know, I gave him so much. Now, some people say, well, you never forget. But I say if you forgive enough, you actually do begin to forget. You just, that memory isn't living in your, your conscious, your subconscious mind. It isn't, it isn't being fed. It isn't being nurtured. So you do begin to forget. It doesn't mean that you have amnesia. It doesn't mean that you get into a relationship with that person. But the sting is gone. So I did that for five years. So since you still have to have contact with this person, I would say get busy and really work on it because you deserve it and your children deserve it. Well, we all do. And, you know, I love what you say about it taking five years because that's the thing with forgiveness that really caused me a lot of stress. You know, I was married and with this person for 20 years. So it's not like, you know, it happened, you know, like an overnight weekend romance. Oh, a baby was formed. And, you know, we have a lot of history together. So to kind of unravel that and go back into all the areas we need to forgive because Forgiving the person also is different than forgiving yourself and forgiving the instances. Like, like I agree with you, when you acknowledge this incident and you say, okay, I forgive you for this that happened, um, there were a couple things that I did where my therapist had me sit by the fireplace where the incident occurred, and she's like, okay, talk to yourself. Say, I forgive you for putting yourself in that situation. I forgive, you know, the ex-person for doing this and walk through this, but there was like 20 little things within one incident. And until I addressed those 20 little things, I couldn't get to the whole incident and I couldn't get to the partner forgiveness part because they were all intertwined and they all needed to be addressed in a very simple way for me to let the energy go from that whole thing. If that makes sense? Absolutely. It makes perfect sense to me because I know a lot about forgiveness, and I've done a lot myself, and I've helped many people work on their forgiveness issues. But what forgiveness does for all of us is it sets us free. When we stay in a state with harboring our grievances, we stay in a state of we're imprisoned. We're unhappy and we're imprisoned. But forgiveness sets us free. So you think, well, that son of a gun doesn't deserve my forgiveness. No, but you do. 
You deserve to be free of that energy. And the way to get there is through forgiving him. But forgiveness doesn't come about because we simply say, oh, I listened to Linda and Sandra today, and they had this other woman on, and she talked about forgiveness, and so I'm going to forgive you, you son of a bitch. No, it doesn't happen that way. That's why in the power of forgiveness, almost every single chapter, I have one or more exercises to do to get to the state of forgiveness. We have to have a path to get to forgiveness. It isn't an intellectual decision because this stuff that has wounded us, it, it's come to a visceral level in us. It's in our soul. It's in our gut. And so it takes work to get rid of it so that we can be set free, so that we can have a future different from the past, so that we can have happiness. Many, many well, years ago, I said... That when you release that, that energy or whatever, like to me, the freedom was the freedom not to feel bad anymore. Like I didn't have to think of this stuff and feel bad. That's when I knew I got to the forgiveness part. But there were a couple of times, Joan, where I had to go back and rework the forgiveness. Like I called it re-forgiveness because I didn't have any other word to term it. But there's sometimes when you think you're forgiven and you've gotten to that point, and then years later something will come up, and then you got to go and do some more of that forgiveness work on the same thing because maybe there was a little leftover or something happened and then you needed to re-forgive. Because as we get older and we live more in life, we start to see things differently the way they happen. Oh, absolutely. I, when you're saying that, this story is not in the power of forgiveness. But it, it's a story that happened to me that illustrates that so perfectly about the re-forgiveness. So I had done an ocean of forgiveness work of my ex-husband. I was driving in Akron, Ohio, where I had been from. My mother was in the passenger seat, and this little boy from our church, that she was like a grandmother to him, he was in the back seat. And we're driving down this the very high end street of Akron, Ohio, one mansion after the other, one mansion after the other. And I see him out in the front yard with his elderly father washing a Mercedes sports car. And they're in front of a mansion. And I realized that was his house. Now when we got divorced, he told the judge that he and I made the amount of money. I had been a minister for four years. Do you think I made the same amount of money as he made? I mean, he just lies through his teeth. And in front of this mansion watching this convertible, and I said out loud, son of a bitch. <laughs> and the little boy in the back seat said, Reverend Joan, you're not allowed to swear in front of me. <laughs> You're not allowed to swear in front of me. You know, and I forgot this kid was in the back seat. And I said, oh, Leo, I'm so sorry. But something just has happened by the side of the road that was a shock to me. And I swore, please forgive me. But, you know, when that happened, I realized I hadn't totally forgiven him. I had to go back and do more work on that son of a gun. So that I don't care if he lived in that mansion. I don't care if he had 20 girlfriends. I don't care. It doesn't affect my life anymore. I was just happy to be free. So yeah, sometimes we I have to go back and do deeper forgiveness that. work. Sometimes we do. Joan, I love that because, you know, that's, exa- like, that's exactly how people feel. And, you know, I'm hopeful that when people listen to the show today or they read your book, um, that you can understand that it's not just like I really thought that if I just got to the point where I say I forgive you, because it was a lot for me to just get to that point, Joan. And 
I thought like the angels would play and the harps would, you know, play. The heavens would open, right? Yeah, but it really didn't. I was just like, well, crap, that didn't do a whole lot. And then it was only <laughs> later on until I realized I had to kind of go through and, and, you know, work through these things. But I didn't even know what it meant to work on yourself or work through those things. I don't think – I think those are terms that we use, but and everybody thinks they know what they are. But, like, that's why your book has exercises in them because – you can't just read it and forgive. You just can't, you know, you kind of have to write it, think it, refill it, process it, and let it go. Like, there's actual... Right. Process it. it. Right. You know, I was just thinking of this line that a psychiatrist friend, a different psychiatrist friend, taught me many years ago, which is, in her observation of people, she said, everybody is not psychologically minded. I can tell as we're talking, the three of us are psychologically minded. We want to get to the crux of the matter and work on it. But guess what? Everybody isn't that way. Some people never give a second thought to anything, but we do. And when we give that second or third or 14th thought, then we realize, i got to forgive this. If I want to go on with my life, if I don't want to think about this person every day, and that's a clue to tell you whether you've forgiven the person or not or the situation or not, when you don't think about it anymore. You just don't think about it. Well, and that's the thing, like the emotion is tied to memory. And, Joan, I know we've only got a couple more minutes before the end of our segment, but I wanted to share something that happened to me when I was in the court with my ex-husband. I was sitting with a woman and her husband, and she was telling me a lot about what had happened in their abusive marriage and all these things, and da-da-da-da-da. Well, he had had a stroke, and she said to me, you know, my ex-husband was such a son of a bitch then he had a stroke, and he's like the nicest man. We get along fine. We're here to just finalize some things. It's so great. And what struck me is when we took the memory away, all the emotion went away, and he could just be this nice person to his ex-wife, and she's like, it's really been a mind-boggling experience. Isn't that amazing? Yeah, because our memories are so much tied in. I found that memories are tied into forgiveness. Okay, that's excellent. Thank you for that. That's excellent. Yeah. Um, so let's, let's, where are your, where's your book being sold? What's it called and uh, where can we buy it? The book that we're talking about today is my latest book. It's only been out for about eight or ten days, The Power of Forgiveness. And... Amazon is a wonderful place to buy it just because Amazon bumps up my numbers. And as an author, I found working with a publisher, numbers start to be important. So if you buy the book from Amazon, it's just helpful to me. If you want to be helpful to me, if I've been helpful to you, that would be a wonderful exchange. So Amazon has the book, and I I just looked it up today. I think it's the book sells for sixteen dollars, but it's fourteen dollars and change at Amazon. You know how they always discount books. Well, yeah, so, eleven ninety nine on Kindle. So the book is the Power of Forgiveness. The author is Joan Gattuso. That's spelled G A T T U S O. She's got this and other great books. If you liked what Joan talked about today, you can also check out her book, of course, in Life and a Course in Love. Now, as promised, the first half of the show was all about forgiveness in the now. When we come back from the break, we're going to be visiting with Barry Eaton, and Barry Eaton has written some books on the afterlife, so we're going to talk to him about forgiveness in the afterlife. My question was, is my ex-husband who annoys the 
crap out of me in my life now going to be there in the afterlife too. More after the break. (laughs) We've got lots more powered up with Sandra Beck and Linda Franklin after these messages. This is for all you girls about 42. Tossing pennies into the fountain of youth. Congratulations on being the proud owner of an adorable, soft, cuddly, sweet-smelling, smiling, cooing, hungry, tired, gassy, screaming little bundle of joy. So now what? Where's the owner's manual for this thing? Where are my instructions? Right here. It's baby and toddler instructions with Blythe Lippman on toginet.com. Infant care specialist Blythe Lippman has worked with babies for over 20 years and works extensively with new parents providing workshops, in-home visits, tips, and daily phone calls to ease those frazzled nerves. With baby and toddler instructions, you can get the advice you need on how to survive and enjoy your baby's first year. For more information on Blythe and how she can help you, go to babyinstructions.com. From 32 ways to stop a baby from crying to 14 ways to get a baby to eat and so much more, it's Baby and Toddler Instructions with Blythe Lippman on toginet.com. In today's business world, a helping hand or idea that doesn't come with an invoice is a treasured find. And if that happens to you, then you need to pay it forward to keep other entrepreneurs from making mistakes or getting a raw deal. It's called Paying It Forward with Josephine Girasi. Wednesday mornings at 10, 9 a.m. Central. Josephine is going to have the guests describe their accomplishments, the lessons they've learned, both good and bad, and then sharing those pieces of knowledge as we create a movement of Paying It Forward. For more information about Josephine, her business, and background, you can go to MyMomKnowsBest.com. Josephine Girasi has always been a problem solver. She saw this need and has turned it into a movement. It's Paying It Forward. With tips, tools, and advice, and hard lessons learned, these pieces of knowledge can make a huge difference for you, your business, and others. So join us for Paying It Forward with Josephine Girasi, Wednesday mornings at 10 a.m., 9 a.m. Central, on toginet.com. We're back with Sandra Beck and Linda Franklin. Here's more Powered Up with Beck and Franklin. This is for all you girls. Hey, ladies, this is Sandra Beck and Linda Franklin, and we want to thank Joan Gattuso coming in from Hawaii today to be on the show. And now we're going to go even further across the big pond over to Australia, and we are going to be visiting today with Barry Eaton. And as promised, in the first half of the show, we talked about forgiveness in this life. Now we're going to talk about forgiveness in the afterlife. And Barry, I made a funny joke at the end saying, oh my gosh, does that mean my ex-husband who's been a pain in my you-know-what in this life going to carry over into the afterlife? When you did your... <laughs> I know, I'm going to just burn in hell for the I was just thinking about ex-wives, that's all. Oh my gosh, they're all going to be there lined up for you. But you know who did the worst is Johnny Carson. (laughs) Didn't he have like five of them or Joan Collins? They'd be over there and just like met with a crew at the pearly gates. Well, that's right. Liz Taylor as well. Yeah. Oh, everybody. Everybody waiting there for you. Oh boy. Um, So the afterlife and forgiveness. How do they, like, do you just get in the afterlife and everything's fine? Oh, look, no, it's not quite as simple as that. (laughs) Uh, If only it were. If only it were, Sandra. 
But no, no, forgiveness is something, and I didn't hear the first half of the program with Joan. If I had have known, I would have flown over to Hawaii. I love Hawaii just to be there, you know, do a double act. But no, the whole thing is with forgiveness, as Joan probably said, it's just so important in this current life because we do take the imprint back with us of unresolved issues, and so often forgiveness is something that people hang on to grimly. I, I don't know why. I will never, ever forgive that person. I will never forget that person what they did to me and really that person has moved on in the meantime most likely and not even thinking about you and here you are hanging on to all this hatred and bitterness which you then when you pass over you go back with it into the afterlife and all of these unresolved issues have to be faced somewhere so if you're going to go back again with all of this negativity you have to work through it and it's going to certainly impede your progress and it can be uh, an imprint on your spirit uh, which is going to affect where you go and also which part of the afterlife you end up in. So it's certainly something that really needs to be addressed, Sandra. Barry, I have a question. It's Linda. Thank you for being on Hi, the Linda. show again. I really enjoyed it the first time, and, I, and I'm loving it this time. But I have a question. All of the people that we're having issues with on this plane in, in human form, does that it, does it mean that we're actually going to see them on when we pass over? Because um, we've been hearing a lot from, from guests that have been on the show. Um, it's all about your vibration, and we may be going to different places. Yep, exactly. Uh, and as I said before, you go to the area in the afterlife that your soul has evolved to. But that doesn't mean to say that you don't have to face up to exactly what you've done, the mistakes you've made, everything like that. Not that there's great punishment. We're not uh, put into a, a, an eternal pit of flames and whatever that some belief systems would have us uh, accept. But we do have to look at our behavior, and quite often we will experience at a soul level, what we have done to these people. So that if we have um, done something that really creates this whole forgiveness issue, because it's, forgiveness has to go both ways. It's like any action. Uh, there has to be two sides to each story. And if you haven't forgiven, you've hung on to all that bitterness, then perhaps there's something that you've done to create that in the first place. So it's a matter of clearing all of this. But yes, the, the soul vibration certainly dictates where we end up in the afterlife. And we have to work through whatever problems we return with. You know, I think that that's such a good incentive, yes, for giving and feeling better, but to think that if we, but we have the ability here and now to clear up so much that we don't have to drag along with us into, in, into, the, into the next lifetime. Yeah, and it's, it's not only, Linda, it's not only the people that um, are waiting for us on the other side, which uh, sort of conjures up some very interesting images in the mind, doesn't it? Uh, here they are like a, some kind of lynching party or something waiting for us. <laughs> yeah. so, firing squad. It, yeah, firing squad. But Too late, we're already is, gone. <laughs> but don't forget those people that, we, uh, that, that there is forgiveness, that maybe we've done something that needs forgiving as well they can still be on the earth plane. Now, I used to run a spiritual development group um, quite a few years ago, and one of the guys in there, we, we were doing a, a circle one night, and his father came through. And he was absolutely distraught, this guy came through, and he gave enough information so that I knew that um, it was Steve's father. And 
he wanted to come through just expressly to get his son's forgiveness for what he had done because he was finding that his progress in the afterlife was being held back because of what he'd done as a father. So it's not a matter of us necessarily um, forgiving somebody else all the time. It is a matter of us seeking forgiveness and getting that forgiveness. So it's a two-way street. Did Steve give forgiveness to his father? He did. Now, this guy was a wonderful... I, I don't want to obviously go into too much detail about him, not that anybody over there will probably know him, but he was a, a famous... Um, or very well-known motorcyclist out here in racing circles and whatever, and a real, not not a bikey in any way, shape or form, a lovely, lovely man. But he sat there with the tears pouring down his face because it meant so much to him because he had not been able to move on in his life because of the, the issues that he faced with his father. And knowing that his father recognised this and wanted forgiveness meant a tremendous amount to him. And, and he sort of, you could see the clouds sort of around him, the negativity clouds around him just dissipating when this whole experience happened. So forgiveness is, is such a huge issue. It is such a huge issue. And, you know, to know even where to begin, did you get any guidelines from, from people in the afterlife on where to begin with forgiveness? You know, we had Joan Gattuso on earlier talking about some different steps you could do in the physical realm, you know, through writing things out and and um, burning them afterward to help you identify these things. What, if anything, has come through from the afterlife? Uh, well... I, I, I totally endorse what Joan is saying because I think making those lists and then sending them off to the universe is a wonderful spiritual way of doing it on, on Earth. But everybody's story in the afterlife is different and it's unique to that individual. So there's not some little, little uh, forgiveness school over there that says, this is the way we do it, guys. Sit in the classroom and uh, read the book and away we go. It's an individual thing because it depends on what that person has done or what that person has created in the area of forgiveness. But it's certainly something that is discussed in the ongoing education that we have in the afterlife because, as I've, I've said before, we don't just get over there and get issued with a harp and a cloud and told to float off and enjoy yourself and just wait till next time you're heading back to Earth. There's a lot of work to do, a lot of fun as well, but there's a lot of work to do on your soul development to work through these mistakes. Now, forgiveness is certainly one of them. And if you haven't forgiven certain people, then perhaps you've got to look inside yourself as to why you have not been able to do this and this is part of your own development as well and that's why it's so important hmm what do you think linda <laughs> well i i think you know you have to forgive yourself and then you have to learn how to forgive other people can, I, can we just go off forgiveness for one second and then we can come back to it um, because someone told me today that a cousin of his um, had passed over the weekend and he he was a young guy 26 years old and he just had a, a, a brain aneurysm in his car and that was it and so it was very fresh in his mind and yeah. you know the, the way I'm thinking is obviously his, in his physical body he was not ready to go he was a young vibrant lovely the man that you know had a girlfriend and a loving family, but when the soul 
is it like it seems to me that the soul sort of dictates when it's time for you to go, but I also thought that you might have a choice of no, not now. So if you if, if it was your time, then you're, you're sort of agreeing that it was, even if you were 26 and had everything to look forward to in life? Does that- yeah, once again, this is an individual thing there, Linda, because as you've probably heard with near-death experiences, people go across to the other side and quite often are told, no, you've got to go back because it's not your time. But then other people are given the choice and they come back after their NDE or near-death experience to say, I could have stayed, but I was shown why I needed to come back, but it was my choice. Mm-hmm. And that's the important thing to realise, that we do have choice. But in so saying, we also, as we've discussed before, we all have a life contract. And when that life contract is up and when we've done everything, uh, then the soul at that soul level knows and can release itself from the physical body. But as I said, everything, every story is, is unique and we just can't generalise I mean, every person on, on the planet has got their own story. Um, yes. We've got 7 billion plus individual stories floating around. So why wouldn't it be uh, the same when we get back over the other side? There are certain things that are common to all of us, of course, when we get back over there. But the individual's experience and what they have to face up to and what they have to do is just up to them. Apologies for any noise in the background here. I've got some uh, uh, some people doing some work at my place at the moment. Oh, well, what what company? We'll give them a plug. <laughs> well, we thank my- Linda's dog for barking. I've I thanked my dog Sally for barking. You know, we give credit where credit is due. Now, Barry, you've got some books out. Before we um, close the segment here, I'd like you to talk a little bit about your books, where they're sold, and what they're about, and what the reader can expect. Yeah, sure. Well, my first book called Afterlife, Uncovering the Secrets of Life After Death, came out back in uh, 2013 in the States. It's been out here in Australia since 2011. But that was the the initial story, um, really going through my journey and my from my previous death uh, in between the two lives of when I died in the First World War and then was reborn in this life. I went through the whole area and talked about my between life journey and got all sorts of information there and I had tremendous help from from mediums and from spiritual contacts all sorts of people to to help me with that so then that's been so successful it's it's turned out to be an international bestseller which is rather nice isn't it for your first book it is nice it is nice and are these books available on Amazon Oh, yeah, yeah, they're all available. So then I was um, told that by my contacts on the other side that I had to write a second book, which is um, No Goodbyes, which is the one we spoke about last time, and that came out last August, in August 2015. And that's more of an in-depth look, and it's uh, life-changing insights from the other side because they want us to oh, know. Oh, Barry, we got to go to commercial break. We'll be more after okay. the break.
cuisines and sacred rituals is a quest, a place, and a feast. Join host Vilasi Venkatachalam every week to explore myths, mystique, old medicine, and brilliant modern solutions through a dazzling kaleidoscope of cuisines, cultures, and cures. This is the place where tribes gather, strangers and familiars, to be memory keepers and makers of our evolving, enduring, evergreen, spoken legacy of wisdom and ingenuity. In Velocity's words, when we do old things in new ways and new things in old ways, we paint with an inspired palette, weave our own healing traditions, and become our own guru. Velocity is a troubadour of secret cuisines and sacred rituals. She collects stories of wisdom, ingenuity, and grit. She believes wellness and transformation happen when you stand at the threshold of delight and discovery. She displays her hidden penchant for drama when she leads the safari at the supper club. Her favorite pastime is to extol the marvels of cuisines, cultures, and cures. To her audience in workplaces, seminars, and salons, her mantra is, be your own guru. She is a biochemist, botanist, and alchemist who likes to churn delightful, useful things from a brew of art and science, ancient and evolving, old medicine and new cures. Join Velocity every Friday at 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, only here on the WooHoo Radio Network. I am not the woman I used to be. I'm free with Minister Diane Jones. Monday nights at 10, 9 central on Toginet. This is your chance, ladies, to hear stories of hope and healing from someone who's been there. Someone who has fought back from the horrors of incest. Minister Diane's innocence was stolen from her in the land of alcoholism and mental illness, which led to her being emotionally, physically, and sexually abused by her parents. Yet in spite of this trauma, she has gone on to become a successful wife, mother, registered nurse, and minister of the gospel of Jesus Christ. I'm not the woman I used to be. I'm Free is a straight-up show to enlighten you and to lighten your load. Do not let the weight of this world or the things that have happened to you control your life. For more on the show and Diane and her book, The Story of Me, email her directly from her show page here on Toginet. Then, join us for I'm Not the Woman I Used to Be. I'm Free with Minister Diane Jones. Monday nights at 10, 9 central on toginet.com. We're back with Sandra Beck and Linda Franklin. Here's more Powered Up with Beck and Franklin. Hey, ladies, this is Sandra Beck, and this is Powered Up Talk Radio, and I'm here with my lovely co-host, Linda Franklin, and we are visiting with Barry Eaton today. Now, we have had nothing but technological challenges on today's show. Between the the freezing weather in New York, the rain and, and you know, nasty weather we're getting here in Los Angeles, and then what I found out on the break from Barry Eaton is that something's going on with technology. Barry, you got to just educate me on this thing, because everything I've done today in the last couple days from a technology standpoint has had just something wonky with it. You know, we had a trouble getting the feed from Hawaii today, but yet we get our feed to Australia just fine. So go figure. What's going on? Uh, look, wonky is a good expression. I like technical expressions like that. Yeah, it's really uh, it's, technical. It's, it's also <laughs> down to, it's about my living of technology. Um, it's all down to Astro, uh, the astrological sign of Mercury, in uh, which is retrograde at the moment, and Mercury rules communications. Remember the old Mercury, the right. Roman god with the wings on his helmet and the wings on his feet. Well, they, uh, Mercury rules 
everything to do with communications. And three times, and this year four times, it goes retrograde, the planet that is, and it's not so much that it goes backwards in the sky, it just appears to because of the varying orbits between our two planets, Earth and Mercury. Now, when that happens, communications start to go all over the place. Now, it also depends which constellation it's going through. And at the moment, it's going through Aquarius. Now, in astrology, we relate Aquarius to all things technology, uh, relating to technology. So computers, uh, anything to do, of course, with um, radio programs, all of these sort of things, you can expect to have glitches. And we are having glitches, as you've so often so described. And it can be caused by the weather, it can be caused by all sorts of things. But you can bet your life every time that Mercury goes retrograde, we have this. Do you know, here in Australia, our weather bureau computers went down at the beginning of the Mercury retrograde period, I have never heard the Weather Bureau computers crashing before. So <laughs> there you go. Wow. So, Linda, what do you think with this whole technology glitch thing? You think there's something to it? No, I absolutely. There's too much going on right now that you can't pay attention to it. You know, we, we've talked on other shows about, you know, the changes, and, and now we are in the Aquarian age. It's going to be around for the next 2,000 years, and we're just at the beginning. So there's so many changes going on that it's hard it's hard to keep up with them. But uh, that's why instead of running so fast, we've, we've got to start being more, you know, be, being quiet so that we can actually fortify ourselves. That's what I'm thinking anyway. Well, particularly in Mercury retrograde times, it's a good time not to sign contracts or buy new computers or anything like that uh, because it's retrograde. The first two letters, R-E, means you do R-E type things like research, redesign, rethink, re-examine, anything that starts with re but you don't go off and commit yourself, if at all possible, that is, to uh, if your computer crashes. Do your research, yes, but wait until Mercury is out of retrograde until you buy the new thing wherever possible. And if you want to find out more about it, look, just Google Mercury retrograde. It'll come up with you know loads and loads of information. Is there a calendar somewhere that you you look this stuff up? Like, because every once in a while, Linda will be like, "Oh yeah, Mercury's go." How do you know this? Is it you know? Do well, you... I'm an astrologer. That's how I know. Oh, okay, so call Barry, everybody. You know, if you're wondering, get online, find Barry. You know, ask him. <laughs> yeah, well, if you listen to my radio program, I usually put some, something up about Mercury retrograde. But I, look, I, I tell you what, I will put up something on my on my website, my radio website, just to let people know about this. Because, look, my son's a journalist and works in, uh, in the ABC here in Australia, and he'll ring me up sometimes and say, oh, is Mercury retrograde at the moment? So, yes, it is. I say, oh, I thought so. We're having so many problems with computers. They're crashing and things aren't working out. So he's now convinced most of his journalistic colleagues, who, of course, are all cynics at the best of times, but now they all accept Mercury retrograde as well. So just one of those things. See, and I used to like poo-poo it, but I but I'm all over solar flares. You know, after you know many years with NASA, I'm like, okay, solar flares, you got my attention. But now I'm matching up the solar flares, trying to figure it out, and Mercury record retrograde stuff seems to be making a whole lot more sense. So, Linda, oh, yeah. you have a question. 
I do. I mean, we're, I'm going to get a little off topic again, but I'm just wondering what's, how the people in Australia are reacting to the crazy election stuff that's going on in the U.S. Are they, are they saying, are they laughing at us or are, is anybody paying attention or it's, to, to me, oh, it's yes. scary. Oh, yes, Linda. You know, I try to avoid politics these days. I used to do a, uh, a talk back, a chat back show on radio. I did a lot of politics and I got so bored with it. I try to avoid it. But just before coming on air with you, I actually put something on my Facebook page, the headline saying that Sarah Palin is about to endorse <laughs> Donald Trump. And I thought, well, that says it all for me. I mean, <laughs> I, I mean, I have to laugh because otherwise you cry because it, it's it's so sad. You know, I, I don't know what's you know what's going to be the outcome in in November, but oh my God, it's a circus. Yeah, well, this is it. There's all sorts of stories floating about. But, yes, of course we're interested because our Prime Minister has just uh, been visiting the White House and he's had uh, consultations with President Obama. Yeah. And uh, we're, we're very much in uh, in concert with what's going on in the Middle East, with the US and whatever. So, of course, anything that happens, I mean, the stock market is all over the place at the moment. It has an impact on the Australian stock market. We wake up to headlines every morning. Oh, the US market went down today, so we oh. can expect further downturns in the US. Australian market. So yeah, right. the, our two countries are very, very close. Yeah, well, they're only focusing on two things in the in the American market, in the U.S. markets, and that's oil and China. Oil and yeah. China. Oil and China. Market started out very, uh, very uh, strong this morning. Uh, oil was up a little bit. It came in, and so did the market. So, the, I mean, it, it's... It's ludicrous. It's another one of those crazy things, and I don't know. People have lost their minds, I think. Well, that's true. But there's a lot of predictions around at the moment. I I usually do my first radio program of the year, the new programs. I'm on a best of at the moment. But as of February, where I get some people in to start doing some predictive work, uh, forecasting about where we're going, and there seems to be a lot of people forecasting tough financial times, anything even as, as radical as a, uh, a recession this year. So I'm oh, blessed if I know. No, we'll, we'll have to have you back when, when you do your predictions. We're always interested in, he, in, in hearing that. Oh, it's not me. It's my guests that do that. Oh. <laughs> hey, Barry, with all the experience you've had in the afterlife, like in, in talking with spirit and talking with people who have passed, no. what do you think is the most profound change in your life as a result of this experience or these experiences well the profound change for me is the fact that so many more people are taking a, an interest in this one sandra that it's opening up new areas of discussion and uh, and accepting for instance the end of next week i'm heading off to mc and speak at a uh, an afterlife conference here in australia and we've got uh, the fabulous pmh atwater coming out as our our um, keynote speaker and this is the level of interest that's happening and people are starting to move away from that sceptical thing of saying, oh, well, yeah, well, when you die, you die. That's it. All over the place. You know, it's all over. Uh, we're moving away from that now and accepting the fact that, yes, only the body dies, but the spirit lives on. And there's a lot more to life when you start thinking about that. Yes, you can't get away with everything. Oh, well, when I die, it doesn't matter anyway. When you start thinking that, yes, life will not only progress, but will take you into an area in the afterlife that reflects your level of soul advancement, then self-responsibility 
becomes such a huge issue. And this is something that I start to talk more and more about these days, is taking responsibility for our own actions. And this gets back to what we started to talk about earlier on, about forgiveness. Now, if you can't take responsibility for what you've either done or for taking responsibility for accepting that somebody else has made a mistake and who are you not to forgive them... No matter what they have done, you're not condoning the action. You're forgiving them, the person, for being a human being so that you can get on with your life and they can get on with their life as well. Now, once you can do that, you're freeing up your spirit and you're taking the, those negative vibes away. So all of these things uh, have had a huge impact on me, knowing the fact that there's also so many people on the other side <clears throat> me, that are wanting to communicate with us, wanting to get more and more information out. And I'm told the two worlds will become much closer in, as the years go by. We've had this sort of separation where we can only get there through mediums and whatever, but people are now realising that we are being communicated with through dreams and many things like this. So it's certainly changing, and it's, a, it's huge changes that are going on, and I'm just so delighted to be playing even a small part in this whole area. Well, and I oh, think... I agree. Oh, go ahead, Linda. Sorry. No, I said I just agree, and, I, and I, I think, I mean, the gap is closing, and I think it's people like you and other more mainstream personalities that are making it happen because they're talking about their own experience so that the, the people out there say, well, you know, he's not so woo-woo, and, and if, you know, here we have journalists <laughs> and we have, we have doctors and neurosurgeons that have passed and, and come back, and, and they're yeah. saying, oh, my God, you know... If, if, if it's okay for them, maybe I can start believing it. Well, this is it. I mean, I've been a mainstream broadcaster and, and uh, media person all my life. So to have that, so many people now sort of accept the fact that, well, yes, if you could read the news on radio and TV and uh, present uh, sporting programs and whatever, then, yeah, you're not a woo-woo person after all. So I think this is why people like myself are being selected and, and given the opportunity to help spread the word because we're not regarded as somebody who's just way out there and um, wandering around with um, dreadlocks and tattoos or something. I agree. Absolutely. Okay, Barry Eaton, thank you very much. Check him out on Amazon. Check out his books on the afterlife for Sandra Beck. And Linda Franklin, this is Powered Up Talk Radio. For those of you that missed this show and want to hear others like it, you can find us on iTunes. You can go to PoweredUpTalkRadio.com or you can go to our host station, TogiNet. That's T-O-G-I-N-E-T.com. We'll be back again next week. We're so glad you joined us for Powered Up with Beck and Franklin. Sandra Beck, Los Angeles-based single mother and technology company owner, knows what it's like to be fit, funny, and fantastic in your 40s. Linda Franklin, a New Yorker with a successful marriage and 